0: Everybody, welcome to Take 18 of Take It On, the mental health podcast for young men. My name is Jonah Jacobs, joined by my co-host Reed Milkins. Reed, I am really, really sorry for your loss this weekend. Not nah, that was awesome. I'm already oh, over baby. it. Rush the court, beat we Duke last night. So much smack ahead of time. And I told you, I told you to be careful uh and yeah Saturday was awesome great day to be a Michigan fan I loved it uh what's it like to be back at school and how was your Thanksgiving Thanksgiving
1: was awesome uh great to be home hang out with the family both of them Milkins and Jacob's uh, being back at school is great too uh only got like about a week and a half here left very stressful a lot of work to be done to finish up the semester but we're gonna get through it um Today at the gym it was a little uh, notch in my heart as I walked by four TVs simultaneously replaying our game from Saturday. Um, that was tough to see. Not sure whose decision that Sox. was to put those on. Anyways, <laughs> last night, first uh, first basketball game here as a student that I got to go to, and we took down the number one team in the nation, assistant coached by my childhood hero John Shire. Sorry to put you down, but we uh, we came back in the, in the second half and. 14 down at halftime that was electric got to rush the court that was a really cool experience the energy was unreal little bounce back from our uh, our michigan loss but uh yeah no it's been it's been great to be back here at school um taking care of a lot of work powered by some uh, brain fuel courtesy of a little giveaway that shout i want brain fuel shout out brain fuel uh yeah jonah what's uh what's good with you how's work going back from thanksgiving
0: Work's going great. Uh, to my fellow young professionals out there or just curious people that are not yet in the in the workforce. It was amazing to have my first break to like truly it's it's interesting. My firm refers to it as a collective disconnect. And it really did feel like a disconnect in a way that having three days plus the weekend off on top like juxtaposed with just having your normal weekend, vastly different. I remember maybe it was. When we, uh, we went to Antico Friday, but I just remember or no, I was like going to bed Friday and I w- could not believe that I didn't have work on Saturday. Like it just, it just threw me for such a mental loop. So it felt great to recharge, but in a similar way to uh, kind of returning to class from a break, returning to work from a break is also very weird. My, my Monday, it definitely took me a bit to get in the zone in the same way that transitions are like macro level transitions. I feel like we fixate on is like the way in which transitions can be challenging for your mental health. Monday, Monday was tough for me. It was hard to kind of get back into the groove. And I want to touch on a point that kind of implicates my mental health a little bit, which is that, um, I, I mean, I love being at home Reed, I feel like you more than anyone kind of know that in the sense that just like my rich relationships with my family and my close friends at home, my my pop and my home life. Uh, it is always such a privilege to have such a phenomenal home life for me. It's challenging for me now in this, uh, somewhat kind of blurry post-COVID world to distance uh, or to disassociate home now from kind of what home was like during the apex of COVID. And that can kind of throw me for a mental loop. I, I don't like how kind of like comfortable I can be at home in a way that kind of associates it with when Noah and I just kind of didn't really have a care in the world and can kind of yeah. just goof around the whole time and 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 kind of veg. And so... Um, I'm, I'm definitely, it, it definitely informs winter break and, and, and just like my future in the sense of how uh, I kind of just like go home and kind of integrate some of my newer habits and values in that, in that home life. And I, I hope other people can kind of re- relate to that, not not just to make me feel like I'm not going through that alone, but just in the sense that like, I hope this is valuable for other people because uh, it, it, it struck me in a, in a weird chord. Um, but now this week's been awesome. Work is going great. It is such a such, a, I understand like so many things about the workforce that I didn't understand that I now do in the sense of your relationship to it. Like I'm so, I get so energized when I do well at work or feel like I'm doing well at work. Uh, I'm going to Washington DC confirmed in a couple of weeks, get to meet my team for the first time. Well, holiday party action, meeting a variety of different people on my work streams. Very excited for that. Um, and, and city life is, is going well. Uh, I, I have no complaints. I actually, uh, I, I re-listened to an episode with Jordy um, I've been, I've been seeing someone who, uh, who knows Jordy and like mentioned that episode. I went back and listened to it to, cause that was the episode. I, I, if you, I don't know if you remember where, uh, I kind of had an off, like my first off week since, uh, take it on started. And I kind of forgot about that and wanted to like re-listen to like how I talked about it. And, uh, it was interesting to hear my reflection and how it kind of juxtaposes with, I can't imagine juxtapose twice in, in the first 10 minutes of the pod, <laughs> but, uh. I like with like where I'm kind of currently at, like, I feel like I'm riding a really good high and I feel like it's just, it's anything Like one of the lessons I've definitely learned from this is like, you know, it, it's it important to not take for granted both, both States when you're in like, a, when you're riding a very good mental high and things are going well to be grateful and to take inventory of what, like what is keeping you so high. And then also looking back on when I was in that rut um it, it's important to, to not get fixated on being in that rut because it's, you know, it's like at that moment, there's really, like, you just like, you aren't feeling the highest. You don't know what it was exactly what it was like before and what will be after, but still like treating it and taking inventory of what might be causing that. And for all, you know, it could be a ton of different things that are out of your control. I'm reading a book right now about meditation and preparation for our next take, take 19 uh, with, with a dear friend. I'll let that be a surprise for my friends who are listening. Um, but the, the author, Emily Fletcher, discusses the way in which your brain detoxifies stress as you like, begin a meditation practice. So you often feel worse because the, feel, like the like what is causing you angst and stress and worry on a regular basis through meditation is coming to the forefront and releasing that much like you would sweat in like a weird analogy – is, uh, it can cause you more pain, kind of like a workout. It's very tough and strenuous during it. Afterwards, the endorphins are flying.
1: No doubt. I had a similar experience to kind of taking inventory. Um, it might've been yesterday or the day before, but I was reflecting on some things and I think I, I hadn't had the best lift. And if you know me, you know, sometimes that's tough for me to not get a great lift in. I, I don't feel as accomplished as I feel like I should. Um, and I was reflecting on some other things that hadn't been the greatest. Um, and I just thought to myself, about all the things in my life that I have to appreciate and that are so good for me. And I kind of, I didn't lose sight of the things I was struggling with um, because, you know, they were still there, but I was able to, recognize and appreciate the fact that it's not the biggest deal that we have those times we can recognize them but not to dwell on them um that was that was a cool moment for me um i think i don't know if i um, ever would have done that without um take it on being a part of my life so i definitely wanted to to note that down if i'm ever listening back on an episode like you did with jordy you know to to recognize how i can handle situations like that
0: that's awesome, and I'm here. Like just like off the top of my head, I remember in take ten with Colton Horn, who created Brain Fuel. For any new listeners who haven't uh, checked into that yet, I remember that was a day for you where uh, the where you were having maybe it was like a hard time kind of focusing, or you just kind of like did not feel calibrated to like you know just college demands. And right. the the com- Colton's you know messages were just very uplifting. And so if you ever find yourself in that time, or you know if you're a student or young professional. Wherever you're at listening and you find that you're having trouble focusing, not only do I recommend brain fuel as a beverage that may assist your focus, but, but uh, just some very important nuggets of wisdom about deep focus, prioritizing your work, uh, finding harmony with your work and maximizing your strengths. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, I feel like this is all a great segue into absolutely uh, our our guest, Michael Sakand, the founder and CEO of Our Future. I had a, took one class with Michael. Unfortunately, it was during second semester of, two of my junior year, so the COVID semester. But in my half semester with Michael, absolutely brilliant kid, the only Ross kid in a Ford class, which uh, I don't know if many people will get this, but the public policy students tended to have a, a skeptical view of these quote unquote Ross holes. But Michael's a brilliant guy, so inquisitive, one of the most intellectually curious people I've ever met. And our conversation with him certainly solidifies that. Uh, so, without further ado, we are super excited to welcome Michael Sakan, the founder and CEO of Our Future Media.
2: Michael, welcome to the show. What is going on, guys? Uh, I might have to drop the media there because it's just it's just our future. We don't want to add anything to the phrase. It is a commonly used term, and uh, given our recent trademark application, we would certainly like to own it, so... <laughs> just our future. It does actually have LLC appended to it per California laws uh, or LLC laws. You know, if you're an LLC, it needs to be X LLC. So maybe on the invoice statements, you'll see our future LLC, but Google and all the other platforms, you're just going to want to look for those two words.
0: Amazing, man. Well, we really appreciate you joining us and walking us through our future, that pending trademark. Uh, And, Really just would love for you to walk the audience through your background and how you created such a massive and successful brand during the last uh, year and a half as, as a college student. I remember when we were in Professor Rohde's class and Let's go. you were this super, super inquisitive guy from Ross. And now <laughs> you are the, the CEO of a company and just would love to love for you to walk the audience through that.
2: Yeah. So I'll let you guys break it down more specifically after I give a quick overview. So kind of the high level is set home from COVID. We got set home at the same time. In fact, Jonah, you and I learned at the exact same time when when COVID hit. I remember Kelly was across the room. She's like, yep, school's canceled," and we were waiting for it. Uh, At that time in my life, I was full of energy and full of ambition. In fact, during that class that we did, we were looking into some field in science, right? It's a super engaging class. And I was very thankful to take it. The only raw student in that class. And I did a project on self-driving vehicles. And I remember just immersing myself in that project because I have just this um, immense capacity for like immense curiosity for the world. And even more so being able to present and speak about those things. And that's why I love that class. That's why I love that project. I remember investing so much energy into this school project. Anyways, I was full of ambition. So in you know, guts at home, itching for something to do, ended up launching a podcast where I interviewed successful founders, CEOs, executives, and the entire idea was to create digestible business content for young people. Think about all the great interview content out there, but how much of it is actually tailored towards the young professional, the young entrepreneur? And I brought an energetic kind of fun voice to that content. I shortened it. And the entire thesis was, how can I create the best business content in the world for my generation? It really was my passion and it never felt like work. It was a whirlwind. It actually kept me away from school. I felt I was on such a grand mission doing this, this little podcast and stayed in my room, stayed, stayed home during the pandemic, which you know, many people would be like, Oh my God, how, how, how hard was it being away from, from your friends? And, you know, uh, it was just this insane, insane drive that kept me consumed by this project, this, this mission ended up interviewing 150 people. Um, then we pivoted out of podcasting to reach a higher, you know, more people, right. So we wanted to build um a a brand that spoke to more people of our generation targeted them where they were and in a format that was even more digestible than a short podcast and we ended up um creating these these short business videos uh since that time we've done you know you know over 100 million views if not 200 million views uh secured some pretty amazing brand sponsors built an awesome community recently launched our second content vertical with another host and it's been an insane ride this past year and I don't know, six, six, seven months. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been insane. Uh, happy to, 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 to go into to smaller niches of, of this huge thing, but that's, that's the arc.
0: Hell yeah, man. That all sounds amazing. I love how passionate you are about, about the brand, the mission your intellectual curiosity too. I, I kind of want to explore that a little bit. When uh, when you spoke with these high-level executives, cold emailing, we Reed and I have had some experience with that, but not to the quantity extent that you have and certainly not to the level of C-suite people that you've talked to. Can you walk us through what it was like in your kind of the initial stages in, in building the show, reaching out to people that, were so successful and kind of what you learned in that,
2: in that initial stage. Yeah. I think the way I pitched myself was like, this is the business podcast for young people, right? This is it. This is the place that young people hear from, from the greats. I really, I really kind of puffed it up. Like I was just, you know, so invested in, in this idea. It was, I could bring such Uh, I guess, description to it. I really could sell it. Uh, You know, I'm, you know, I'm Michael Sacon and I host the business podcast for young people. I think it's important to be able to pitch whatever you're doing in a sentence. In my case, I host the business podcast for young people. Will you come and speak to the next generation? And uh, I think that message really resonated. I think uh, successful people really do want to talk to young hustlers and when you work in the angle of, you know, having an audience that their thoughts and their ideas are actually uh, being uh, appreciated by an audience that adds so much value. So podcast is, is an amazing, amazing networking tool. And there are a few different ways that I skied my way into to some of these interviews, whether it was going through press teams and, you know, charming uh, PR managers <laughs> or, uh, you know, that was how I got the CMO of Chipotle, which was so sick. That's on uh, wow yeah it was it was dope, and just having you know just having a podcast you know with a few hundred listeners and being able to like be this larger than life guy who you know these executives they were looking at me, and they're like, holy shit, look at this this kid, and I could see it right and they were just blown away right that this kid was sitting here with this, this the, the you know someone who manages billions of dollars and and is is putting on a production for other young people all by himself. And, uh, yeah, it was, there's lots of different different ways you can scheme your way into to some of these interviews, you know, finding email services, doing a little bit of personalization, doing the mass play, right. Just sending,
1: yeah.
2: send, t- sending, send on a hundred people and hoping for five. Right. So, you know, there was lots of, there's lots, of, you know, going through connections, asking for introductions, uh, all sorts of ways to scheme your way into this, this amazing network. And uh, I think it really came down to having a unique pitch, not just some, any podcast, you know, this is the business podcast for young people. And that's how I was able to do it.
1: So you, through the podcast, were able to speak to plenty of ultra successful C-suite executives, managers, all sorts of people. What are some lessons that you learned about high performers that you found could relate to you as a, as a young person and your audience of young business people?
2: I think there's a couple of things. I think for one, that careers are not linear. You think young people think that they're going to do this thing after college. You know, they're all oh, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to get that job in IB. I'm going to move up to private equity. There's a ladder that people are envisioning and rungs of that ladder, which are reached for all the time, every waking day and minute, right? And really uh, it doesn't work like that, right? One opportunity leads to another. And a common trait that I saw across all of these leaders is every opportunity they had, they crushed it. Like they lived in the present, they destroyed, they were animals in that particular opportunity, you can't be a beast at a million things at the same time. You crush what's in front of you and you do the best possible job. And from there, ridiculous opportunities arise because you, you know, do you just do your best and you, you don't focus on the next thing. You just focus on that one thing and then it opens up, you know, all these other doors. And I think, That is a a trait that was consistent across the the entrepreneurs and and, and even sort of the C-suite executives, maybe some of the more corporate people. It was really just absolutely crushing what's in front of you, uh, living in that present. And then that just opens a ton of doors around you. People talk about you. They recommend you. You have mobility. You're noticed. You're good at something because you have to be be like the the best at the world, you know, I don't know if I'm just putting that on a mask, but you should be the best. You, you to work to be the best of the world at whatever you're doing. And um, you know, that will, that will enable you to be the best of the world at other things, I feel like, and and move up. So yeah, I really do think it's just focus. Just 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 focus on on that thing that you're doing and it'll open doors. What you're saying about focusing
0: and crushing the present, I think speaks volumes to uh one of our one of our mantras with take it on and an important lesson that young men and young people in general can learn to improve their mental health is controlling the controllables in the current moment is something several of our guests have discussed. And uh, I can see the clear uh, connection between how that applies in you know your professional life and how it applies in every other aspect I find. And, you know, Reed and I, Reed and I realized that too many people, including ourselves, before we began our Take It On journey, and you know it's still a constant process, is we're constantly either living too much in, in the past or the future as it relates to our social lives and, and our well-being. When you had these conversations with, uh, with your guests and these high performers, what sort of advice, if any, did they give about uh, well-being and taking care of your mental health and the influence that that had on their success?
2: Well, you know, it's just such a simple thing, but they say it over and over and the world's highest performers all do it every day, getting exercise. And I think every single person I interviewed works out like every day. Right. And like, I try to do that. And I think it's just a human, it's just a a necessity for humans. And, you know, that's just, 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 you know, if you're, if you aren't fit and you aren't you know, unleashing those endorphins, uh, in the gym and you aren't working out, uh, there's no way that you can be a high performer in the office. Um, and, and, you know, balance as well. Like you need to find also kind of some, some vitally consuming hobbies outside of the professional world. Right. Um, you, you know, business leaders and entrepreneurs, like they're very competitive. And I think, seeking challenge outside of the professional world is really cool too. Like picking up a new sport and and working to become, you know, good at it, I think is, is something that a lot of them talked about. Um, And, you know, constantly being intellectually curious outside, you know, integrating concepts outside of your work, keeping an open mind, uh, which, which will allow you, if you can separate yourself from your work, sometimes you can bring those things that you learn outside of your work into uh, into the job, right? So it doesn't need to be all, you know, this job, this project, et cetera, like you need to to be balanced and also like the content you consume and the uh, kind of things that you're reading and learning and doing, um, you know, getting out into nature, finding fi- finding that balance for sure.
1: As it relates to that constant consumption and curiosity, it's actually occurred this morning at the gym. I found myself um, wondering why, you know, recently I've been spending a lot of time on on social media, kind of consuming nonsense. I mean, a lot of my social media content is golf because I'm irrationally obsessed with golf at the moment. Um, But I found after Jonah had brought an app called Blinkist to my attention, I'm not sure Mm. if you're familiar. I have heard of them. Yeah, so Blinkist is awesome, quick, short summaries of books and podcasts and such. And I found that as I went through my one-week trial on Blinkist, my consumption and curiosity was at an all-time high. And after that free trial was over, I kind of reverted back to that. And with Our Future, that's another outlet of very positive content for people to consume. It's productive, Um, a lot of lessons to be learned. What kind of influence do you think that um, the, the balance of, of positive and negative content consumption uh, is as it relates to our future?
2: Well, I'll challenge you on the negative, right? People are like, this content I'm consuming is negative, right? It's, it's entertainment, right? Content that you see on your For You page on TikTok might not educate you, but it is entertaining you and we all seek escape from our busy lives. So I think there's a big difference between unintentional content consumption and intentional content consumption. I don't think that there's a problem, you know, getting sucked into entertaining videos, right? Like we're kind of wired for it and they make you laugh and you share them with your friends. Um, but I think you do need to be intentional about the content con- you consume. Because that the content you consume is how you shape your thoughts and how you discuss things with other people and how you come up with your ideas. You know, Virgil Abloh uh, just passed, and his his uh, you know what he was famous for was the three percent rule, right? Which is like if you iterate on something by just three percent, it qualifies as something new. And I am a firm believer in that, right? So you take these concepts and these ideas from. Other people in an intentional way, you learn stories, strategies from great content sources like Blinkist or Our Future, and um, you, you integrate those into your own life, put your own little spin and, and touch on them because everyone's journey is a little bit different. So, you know, uh, what, what we're doing is is we're, we're like creating this more educational, high quality content within a realm, a sea of ed- of pure entertainment we're adding education to entertainment. And uh, I think a big thing for us moving forward is going to be kind of breaking away from these these algorithms in many senses. Uh, You know, we're going to be forming uh, like a a Discord community soon, which will allow us to to really kind of break away from from the the algorithms and uh, away from non-peer content, you know, more of just the cheap thrills and will allow us to build a a more devoted community that can engage with our future, um, in a, in a way that allows them to, uh, you know, be intentional from the start instead of needing to go on TikTok, needing to go on Instagram, needing to go on YouTube to enjoy our content. I think that's a super powerful
0: insight, the distinction or the lack thereof between positive and negative content, especially as it relates to entertainment. I think, and that's, you know, That made me think a lot and reflect just now. What I think is or can be debilitating or negative about media consumption is sort of what you were alluding to is when it's almost out of your control, the opportunity cost that comes at the expense of that entertainment. In the same way that watching TV is not inherently bad, if you are spending four hours of your day watching TV and then you cannot exercise by nature some of the other Mm, balance mm -hmm. that you need when the phone and media is you know, it becomes a hyper trade-off between your, your work and your social life. I think that is when it becomes debilitating. So when you embarked on this journey in becoming a media entrepreneur, your life obviously has become much more saturated with media. How did you work on finding this balance between uh, in just kind of formulating your relationship to media so that it
2: is positive? forming my relationship to media. So, so it is positive. So with me, the, the negativity comes from the phone addiction because the notifications on my phone are a constant measure of the success of my life's work. So those notifications, constantly checking the platforms, watching the followers count, watching the follower count tick off, right? Watching the, the, the swing. I think It's difficult because I want to read the Wall Street Journal. I want to read Forbes. I want to read the Morning Brew. I want to read all these sources. But anytime I see something, I'm thinking, how do I turn that into a story? So it's not like I can just sit back and enjoy content. I'm constantly thinking of how I can take that piece of content and turn it into something better. I can bring it to life, right? The problem you're wondering why, you know, there isn't a lot of content like our future that takes entertainment and turns it and, and, and fuses it with, with uh, education, right? It's because the, the good content sources that educate the world aren't doing a good enough job of reaching the taste of consumers, which right now is cheap thrills. Like value just insane amount of value over a short amount of time. The payoff of reading a book or reading an article is high, but the the time investment is, is, uh, is, is insane, right? So what we're doing is taking that most important part of say a book article or YouTube video, that's 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour long podcast. We hunt for the nuggets and we turn that content into what most people are used to seeing, which is just like quick videos, right? Like how they're consuming content right now. And we, we do that hard work of, of taking the longer stuff in and, and, and paring it down. So no, our generation doesn't wanna read articles. They don't want to, to listen to hour long podcasts. They don't have the time for it. They don't wanna watch documentaries, right? So that's the great opportunity here creating entertainment entertaining and educational content um and more people will start doing it for sure it's already happening uh but there's still that that huge gap right
1: what's it been like for you as you mentioned your constant notifications on your phone are the measure of success of your life's work
2: yeah I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of a bad thing. I've gotten better about it for sure, but marginally, right? Like I trust the process more. Now we have a video coming out every single day and, you know, getting hung up on the ascent of of one video or or the other is we used to be a big part of my mental health. I used to be in a bad mood. If a video wasn't moving, I would be elated if a video moved. And it's still like that. It's less, I'm trying to work on it, you know, but we, I'm curious to see when I'll break away from that because right now we are a growing media brand that is creating great viral content, getting a ton of views and everything seems to be working. Like most of our videos pop off and, uh, I wonder when I'll be at a level where I'll be like, ah, I like, you know, like I, I don't even care. I like how the performance of a certain video is doing. I don't know. I don't know. Or will, will I always be like, damn, why didn't that piece of content blow up? Like, you know, I don't know.
1: It's also crazy considering you're still in school. You're running this massive brand, our future, while you're also balancing graduating from a prestigious university in Michigan. Go blue, baby. Um, yeah, yes, unfortunately, sir. go blue. Still go Bucks though. Got the, got the comeback there ah. last night. Made up a little bit for uh, the weekend sorrows. Uh, anyways, how do you, how do you balance the, the work life with the school life and then also
2: social life on the side of that? All right. Well, the truth is I don't really go to class. Uh, I do the bare minimum to get by because like, I'm working on my dream, but I still want to make my parents happy. So I'm going to graduate, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ek by, I was always a great student in high school and, and college. And I've run into that, the, you know, something like, dude, like your my GPA is never going to matter. Like my, my, uh, my, my degree will never matter. I really do think it's just like my parents have made this big investment. I didn't pay my own college fees. So, you know, let's just, let's just go through it. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd probably drop out now. I probably, I have five classes left. I'd probably do it. Um, It's really not that much of a work. I feel like to get down, just get to the last bit, right? Like Elon Musk manages Tesla and SpaceX. I think I can manage a business school curriculum alongside this. So I don't do a ton of school work. I really don't. I really don't focus on school only if I, have an impending assignment. I'll get it done. Right. Like uh, in terms of social life, I used to get all my energy from going out there and trying to meet new people all the time and trying to try to like social climb and, and all that. Uh, but, but now, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I have a smaller circle now, right. There's only like a few people in life that matter. Uh, and you, Invest in those people, right? Invest in those conversations that you have with people when they come over. Um, you know, really build up these these bonds with with a few people, um, and those will pay the biggest dividends. I think. Um, you know, I used to I used to get my a lot of my self esteem from like just being around on Michigan's campus and knowing a lot of different people. I think I always enjoyed. It being like a social butterfly. And I am less so now, like I just don't prioritize it, but always been like that. Just like, you know, getting my, my energy from, from others. Uh, I, have become a bit more of an introvert in, in, uh, since, since doing this, this business, I just don't really care about a lot of other, uh, anything, any, like anything more than what I'm doing, because I know this can work. It is working. And this business is this idea is going to get me to exactly where I want to go in life. And it's, it's, if I can make it work, like the opportunities available to me will be insane. Right. And it'll enable me to do what I want to do in life. So I'm not too focused on trying to live life, you know, get drunk all the time, whatever. I'm focused on making this, this dream work so I can stand tall atop it and, be the person that I want to be uh, if that makes any sense. Makes a ton of sense.
0: A lot of what you were saying was resonating. Not with a me. Doubt. For sure. um, I, 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 I mean, your passion just like beams from your words, man. It's, it's incredible to, to hear from someone. I feel like a lot of young people have that latent amb- ambition. Like that thought is there that of course, with they, like, they're, they're in school Doing doing their assignments, getting these internships and in clubs, etc., to get at, to the point that you are at, and I, and you, at like you, you know, you, you truly must feel on on top of the world, and I, I love it. Um, Michael, on top of your, you know, your day to day with with our future and the. Um, positive mental health benefits, uh, and just, you know, impacts on your identity that it has. Mm-hmm. What, what else, like what, what I'm sure is like what's part of your daily routine to kind of get you to be the, the high performer that you are and, and any advice you would give to kind of our, our young male audience on, on things that they can implement, uh, to kind of, you know, fuel their ambition and success as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm
2: just so obsessed with, um, I'm so obsessed with, with what I'm doing. I'm constantly thinking about our future. It's just like, I can't think about it. Like, I'm just, this is, a, this is my brain space and I'm devoting my life to this. What do I do to, 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 to get out of that? I think I, I want to like, see, I'm still going through the process of trying to become a high performer, right? Like I, I, I want to become one. Um, and I'm not right now. Uh I'm really not, but you know, I, I like to break up my work with exercise because I'll have a great rush of work in the morning. I'll start to decline in the afternoon, and then I need that workout to make my way through the rest of the evening. Today I've been, what I've been doing is it's even really cold out here in Michigan, but I've been walking to a coffee shop that's about half a mile away, and I've just been outside you know, outside of this little hut of my room that I do all my work in and uh, just breathe in the fresh air, move my legs and listen to uh, a, a podcast that I, that I really enjoy. So that's only 15 minutes and kind of perfect for, for my life. Um, which podcast and, and which coffee shop? Snacks, Robin Hood Snacks. You know that one? No, I'll, I'll check out. Snacks Daily, 15 minute breakdown, three great business stories a day those guys that actually inspired me to do what I do now. So that, it's, that, it's a, they're they're a big part of my life. Awesome. Uh, and then yeah. Drip house coffee, right? I love drip, drip, house. drip house. Yeah. You oh been yeah. There?
0: I'm, I'm sentimental thinking about all the, all the Ann Arbor coffee shops. Check out, uh, yeah, have you been a Comet? That was like my favorite cup of coffee I've ever had. It's in Nichols arcade. Comet. Yeah. Wow, I can't really, I really do like work Comet. there, but like it's right best, next to Starbucks. Yeah. best drip I've ever had.
2: I don't do work at coffee shops, but I did, uh, I do, I do enjoy it. And, you know, it's like a $5 cold brew over at uh, a at drip house, but Hey, the benefit I get from, from walking is, is, is more worth a lot more than those $5 in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, making a habit to like go out of your way. I wish I had a fucking commute. Like I wish I I get my best ideas and get most inspired while driving. And, uh, you know, the same, I remember reading that it was the same with Bill Gates. Like he'd like go and drive around the block to like, get his good ideas. And, like, I know like Sarah Blakely of Spanx did that for me. That's the case. I have a car here in Michigan, but like, I'd never have a commute. So like, I never have the opportunity to absorb podcasts. Cause that's the best time I like to listen to podcasts yeah. in the car and music too. And just to be with my thoughts. So, you know, I would love, I would love to like, maybe even make up a fake commute and then that gas money. I'd spend, you know, I think that the be- the benefit I get is is worth more than that gas money I'm spending. And now that, you know, I'm making money with my, with my business, I can make choices like that. Um, but yeah, man, I want to be more intentional about, about just getting out there and, you know, not forcing yourself to do like too much work at once. I think your creativity is stifled by trying to work too hard. I think if you like set aside times to be creative it works really well. There's only a few times in the day that I'd be capable of writing good scripts for my content. And it is the most consuming part of my job is writing good stories. It's the hardest part. It's curation. It's uh, it's making taking less and making it, taking more and making it less. So that's the hardest part, and most challenging intellectually of what I do, is how do I take a really long narrative and condense it into something digestible? Uh, it's like, you know, taking a block of wood and turning it into like a freaking sculpture <laughs> you know what i'm saying for real you're pairing and it's hard work and it's sweat and you sweat uh intellectually uh so so yeah i mean one one thing that is great for me is my girlfriend is not a entrepreneur so she keeps she brings me back to planet earth and really like just bring, brings me some diversity of thinking and some, some some great energy so she's a big part of my life and you know, you you definitely want to lean on your friends to to kind of snap you out of your creative pursuit. Um, and you need that, right? And like I do enjoy like you know, going to parties and, and speaking with people and stuff. I think uh a part of me is like almost embarrassed. Like anytime I go out, people are like, yo, how's our future doing? And like, I don't want to talk about our future you know?
0: Yeah. You're up. you know, that's what you're out and not it's the doing. Same
2: answer at every time, but it's my identity. So, you know, and, and it's my identity here on this campus is, is doing something differently. And I, that's how I get so much of my self-esteem being that kind of white, you know, that black swan at, at Ross and doing my own thing and building this brand. And, you know, there's, there's, there's pros and cons, certainly socially, but I have a small group of friends and of close friends, really understand me and I'm able to snap out of things with, with them. So that's why I say invest in those, those, those close people that you have uh, because they're the ones who, who really understand you and who will ground you outside of your your insane personal ambition. Um, and if they believe in you, then you never ever have to try and like prove yourself to them at any point, right? You're always, tr- I'm trying to prove myself all day. So I need to just have people that I'm not trying to prove myself around, and And that's, that's very important to me.
1: That's awesome insight. You mentioned again prior um, when you spoke to all those high level executives that one thing they had in common, aside from exercise, was many of them picked a sport that they tried to perform well and get better at. Is there anything that you've picked up
2: um, aside from just playing exercise? Yeah, uh, you know, I've I, I i i want I try to get better at tennis, and I can't really play right now because of the snow. Um. You know there there are other things such as like I play uh video games like I play my roommate in Madden and it's a great it is a great escape from work to just because I'm a competitive guy and he's actually kind of kicked my ass in most of the games but like I don't mind getting ass kicked because like again I'm just plotting like how do I get better and I suck at Madden. It's like I've, I haven't gotten much better. Maybe I've gotten a little bit better. I don't know. But it's just another thing to like get your brain going and just like, yeah. I want to succeed at this thing, you know? Uh, so video, I don't know if video games count as a sport, I haven't been doing too many sports here in Michigan, but I, I am a competitive guy and do love sports. Um, so yeah.
1: No doubt. I think, yeah, I think we've gotten a pretty good taste already, but I think, uh, Jonah, what do you say? It's time to play some take it on trivia.
0: Oh, yeah. Michael, I feel sure, like you'll, boys. you'll do great at this. Uh, just a uh, quick rapid fire. Favorite, favorite books or what you're currently reading, favorite movies, currently reading, favorite, you know, your role models, uh, past and present, can even be fictional. And if you have any like quotes or mantras you live by.
2: Yeah. You want to go one by one? Sure, man. I can't remember all that.
0: Yeah. All good. All right. So what, what kind of music do you listen to?
2: Uh, I listened to, so I, I had my Spotify profile come out today. It was hype and bold. And I think that is uh, a great, awesome. represent, great, great representation of my personality. So a lot of hip hop, uh, a lot of Uzi, a lot of Drake. Um, YNW Melly actually happens to be one of my favorite artists and he's uh, he's out for the count. But uh, yeah, hype and hype and bold. Music energizes me and gets me and makes me extremely ambitious. I don't listen to chill vibes. I don't listen to 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 country vibes. I listen to music that that lifts me up only exclusively. It fuels my mind. I listen to music and it makes me, and as I listen, I think of the future. That's how I've always been. I think That's of awesome. yeah, I think of like my success and like like just killing it. Like I think down the line. That's what music unlocks, a bit of a portal for me. Um and it always has. What's your favorite book? Favorite book? Um, I read, I went on a binge of uh, American Lit um, over the summer of COVID. And I'm trying to, to pick some of my favorites out of that. Um, it, dude, it might be, it might be Huck Finn. Wow. That's a great choice.
0: An unexpected Actually, no, choice. Dude.
2: No, no, it's The Great Gatsby for sure. Also Great, great Gatsby. Gatsby on, 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 Love that Scott. On, on, uh, yeah, unabashedly the, the Great Gatsby. And even better than that is his, his sort of novella, Winter Dreams. Nice. It, it, you know, what my English teacher, um, that's another great thing. Like reading fiction, I, I started reading Harry Potter because I was so burnt out by my professional life that I started to invest myself in an alternate universe, Harry Potter. And I ended up uh, I'm the only on the only fifth book at this point, and I started in the summer. So it's like so this your first time up. reading Harry Potter? Yeah, dude, for real. Oh my yeah. god, that's awesome. I feel the same way about it.
0: that's what I do with Game of Thrones. Um, I just immersed myself, totally escaped. And I, I love the TV show, obsessed with it. That's the, great. the books are so captivating, the character development, the dialogue See, is just fascinating.
2: Yeah, but you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't say that Game of Thrones is negative content, even though you're sitting there like a vegetable. It's very highly produced stuff. I don't know. People say that it's negative when you're just like scrolling on your phone. I, I I think entertainment is entertainment, but like you can also pick the quality of your entertainment, like a great highly produced show with an amazing narrative and lessons on life is, you know, first off, you don't need to think of everything as translating to your life, but you just, you know, it's just another form of like inspiration for like what you do and like, you know, how you relaxed, you know. I love relax. I like like sports are another thing. Like I like watching sports. I get excited when, when there's like a full NFL game or something like that going on. So, I like tuning into that stuff as well to escape from, from, from the daily grind. 100%. But yeah, Great Gatsby. I mean, Great Gatsby is so fucking good, dude. It, the the theme of the book still in the present, and it's like, we just don't do it, and we just have these great imaginations of the future constantly running through our mind and uh, you just can't, you can't, uh, you can't change the past and you got to just be be where you are. One of my favorite parts about that book is like, he makes a reference to Henry Hudson, who is sailing in Dutch, Dutch sailor. He's sailing into the New York Harbor before there's a city, just beautiful green, soft green Hills on this magnificent piece of land that is going to become the biggest city in the world and but the minute he steps on the soil it 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 the it becomes real and then it's it, it's not what he thought it was in his mind and that's the, the truth in life there's nothing um there's nothing commensurate to another quote there's nothing commensurate to you know the the fire stored up in a man's heart right like nothing comes close to your imagination and you're always going to be let down. um, Once you actually achieve that thing, you want to achieve it for so long. It's no different than the linear mindset. You want to achieve your goals. And then when you get to them, you just like want the next thing. They're not what, they're not what you thought. Right. Like, Oh shit. Like for four months ago, our future was wasn't generating a single dollar and now we are. And it's like, now I want to get to like the next multiple. Right. Totally. So, you know how do you how do you appreciate that? I don't know. I don't think we're wired for it, like as humans. But oh, I think you're right. Um, you literally aren't you know, wired for it. Yeah, we're not. You're not wired to appreciate where you are. You know, you're not. It's all relative, anyway. You literally can't stop and be happy, dude. I'm not happy. I'm at a hundred k. Like I am, and I thought you know, there's a little a little dopamine went through my brain yesterday, but dude, like <laughs> I don't know. Man. I want to be. I don't want to keep going. You know. Totally, man. Uh, Michael, Like when this podcast has 100,000 listeners. Yeah. Dude, 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 if you're running a $10 billion company versus running a fucking $50 a month startup or something, like, dude, it's all relative. You have to have balance in this moment. And then you can't just throw everything away and be like, oh, one day I'm going to be rich and then I can be happy and I can be balanced. It just doesn't work like that. You have to do it now.
0: Appreciate your parting wisdom, Michael. This has been Seriously. such an awesome conversation, man. You are a very enigmatic, intellectual, and successful dude. And, and you, really, you really inspired us. I mean, we definitely could not have started our podcast journey with taken It Out Without You. You were the first, as soon as yeah, you came f- up with this idea. The ideas, first you were, step.
2: Yeah, you were our first Yeah, you were right. We talked about it on the, in, the, in the car. I remember that. Yeah. So I remember being just super real and to the point with you guys.
0: Right? It's awesome. And it, Hey, I, it's, it's vaulted us to where we're at and, and you've got us hungry for more and more success and followers and listens and episodes. And we appreciate you helping us on our journey, man. Really could not have done it without you.
2: I can't wait to, uh, uh, I want, I'm going to listen to a, a bunch of your past episodes. I, I'm also honored to be on and, uh, you know, I, w- I would love to see you guys one day have an in-person podcast studio, and and that would be an amazing thing to see. Heck sweet. yeah! All right, Michael, are you guys? You, how far are you guys away from each other? Uh,
0: miles. I'm in Chicago. I I, I do government consulting, full-time job. Oh, really? And
1: yeah, I, I'm at OSU, but over oh, uh, over winter break, we'll be together.
0: That could be sick. It will be sick. All right, boys. Awesome. Have a good one. It's been real, Thank Michael. You, Michael.
2: Thanks for having me. Peace out. man.
1: I think he's the most ambitious person
0: I've ever met. Oh my God. Yeah. So many thoughts.
1: And I was very impressed with just how involved he's become with our future and the way that it's grown. Um, You know, we talked to him. When was it? When we start, like right before starting Take It On. It was day three. We talked about it on
0: Sunday. We talked to them Wednesday. Yeah,
1: dude. I know. Crazy. Oh my God yeah um I don't what know. he said was
0: powerful i i like as as someone in the workforce, certainly in a very different position as him it it hit a lot of important chords i think of just finding the ways in which you can um I'm gonna use harmonize again, but harmonize your work with your passion and energy. there are certainly elements of my job that have me more excited than others, and I think that I can just spend more effort leaning into the and, and emphasizing the components that get me revved up, like Michael's seemingly never-ending engine. Uh, and and it, you know what? It, like, what an empowering conversation. Like I, I am so excited to be successful. And I loved that his success was so intrinsic to his work and his product versus any kind of monetary gain. And I think that's hard for us. Like growing up, you you're intrinsically motivated because because of the balance sheet that you get. Of course you are. It's you know, it's, it's it's the culture we live in. It's 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 ambition. Uh it's hard to divorce it, but man, that was that was awesome. I'm really 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 thankful that he joined us and a lot of I think meaningful takeaways as it relates to mental health and well-being but also just practical ways as kind of burgeoning young professionals, you know, values and and techniques that you can latch onto to, you know, propel your professional life in ways in which that might mitigate how your professional life might give you angst or anxiety or implicate your mental health otherwise.
1: For sure. And I think this is just another example of how everyone struggles with their own mental health battles. You know, Michael, who's seems to be doing so many things right and has so many things going his way, he can still recognize things that, you know, are tough for him. And he's able to come on this podcast and speak about it. Um, so, you know, if, if he and and the 16 other guests we've had on the show can all own up to, to what they're going through, there's no reason that anyone out there going through whatever it may be should have any reason to feel ashamed and not want to, you know, talk with, their close friends or family about the things that cause them angst or or sadness or anything on the spectrum.
0: Well said, Reed. And man, I love doing this. Oh my god, it's been too long. It's been too long since we got a guest. It this has. is so fun. I it can't has. wait to record tomorrow too. Uh, oh wow! Big awesome. Yeah, take nineteen is going to be a goodie too.
1: Take nineteen. Uh, where's the time going?
0: I know. I know. It's awesome. We're going to have a certified meditation leader, the most talented artist I've ever met uh and just can't can't wait to do it so reed why don't you why don't you take it away
1: as always it's been take 18 jones and i are out of here deuces
0: deuces thanks everybody